Welcome to the Collect Call. This podcast is an offering of the Acts 8 moment, proclaiming resurrection in the Episcopal Church. My name is Holly Powell, and I'm a layperson and a member of Christ Church Cathedral in Lexington, Kentucky. And I'm Brendan O'Sullivan Hale, and I am also a layperson, and I'm a member of the Episcopal Church of All Saints in Indianapolis, Indiana. This podcast is about the intersection of liturgy and life, as seen through the lens of the Collects in the Book of Common Prayer. Now, collect is kind of a funny-sounding word, but actually it's just another word for prayer, and it's spelled like collect, as in, you might collect honey-scented perfumes, including Jean-Philippe Wild Honey Body Mist with Vitamin E, Turquoise Eau de Parfum, Honey and New Hay, Perlier White Honey Eau de Parfum, and Pure Honey by Kim Kardashian. Stop. No. <laughs> oh, wow. You couldn't find any locust flavored or scented? <laughs> no, I couldn't. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I mean, I guess you didn't try very hard, yeah. but whatever. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry. I could only get 50% of the John the Baptist um, <laughs> accessories. Well, as you might have guessed, uh, today we are talking about... The Nativity of John the Baptist, which is a pretty exciting time. If you're, if I mean, I, I'm being honest here, it's my favorite holiday of the year. <laughs> what? Tell me about your uh, Nativity of John the Baptist traditions. <laughs> well, I have a little nativity scene, and it's got a little uh, John the Baptist baby, an uh, even tinier locust, and then like a dude who doesn't talk writing john on a tablet it's it's really cool <laughs> that that sounds amazing it's really nice yeah so for those of you who are not dedicated celebrators of the nativity of john the baptist it does fall on june 24th so uh, you have time to clean up your apostate life and get ready <laughs> please the general convention of the Episcopal Church will be transferring the Nativity of John the Baptist to June 25th, which is the first legislative day of general convention, and will be the first day that uh, we'll be having worship together. So we'll be uh, celebrating that as a church on that day. Indeed. And speaking of general convention, da da da. I wasn't prepared for that trumpet. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to, you know, make a proper fanfare. I, I really liked it. Um, we have a very special announcement about General Convention. And by very special, I mean it may mean we're crazy. Uh, but, it, it could. <laughs> but you're going to have to listen to us blather on about John the Baptist for at least the next 15 <laughs> minutes until uh, you can hear the dirt. That's right. And don't fast forward to the end of the episode because Do not. John the Baptist, we will know. Did, he will make you wear a hair shirt. <laughs> there will be <laughs> thong sandals. <laughs> so, are we ready to... Um, Divert the topic from our exciting announcement and pray? I think we should. All right. The collect for the Nativity of St. John the Baptist is on page 241 of the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, by whose providence your son... (laughs) (laughs) I'm used to saying your son. Yeah, and look... 
Holly. Apparently, this was an issue for a long time because John the Evangelist um, has to take pains to point out that uh, he came as a witness to testify to the light, but he himself was not the light. Uh, so I would say that your confusion um, has a lot of precedent. But let's try again. Thanks, Brendan. <laughs> All right. Got it. Almighty God, by whose providence your servant, John the Baptist, was wonderfully born and sent to prepare the way of your Son, our Savior, by preaching repentance. Make us so to follow his teaching and holy life that we may truly repent according to his preaching. And following his example, constantly speak the truth, boldly rebuke vice, and patiently suffer for the truth's sake. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. I'm generally not a fan of the miniature biography uh, genre of prayers, but I'm just going to say this is actually a pretty good one. Yeah, it ain't bad. I feel like it succinctly links the... Um, important events of John the Baptist's life to their spiritual meanings for us. I, I'm a I'm less of a fan of it from a literary standpoint because it kind of like it says follow or following several times right in a row, and then it talks about the truth several times right in a row. And just, I don't know. I, I feel like there could be some some thesaurus usage. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, Thomas Cranmer wrote this prayer for the 1549 prayer book. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know when the first edition of Roger's came out, but I'm guessing it was after that. Probably true, probably true. Yeah, so, um, but Cranmer could have used, you know, some more synonyms. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So here's a, um, a random tidbit, fun fact, if you will. Uh, we celebrate the nativity of John the Baptist six months before Christmas Day because, according to the Gospels, Elizabeth became pregnant six months before the angel Gabriel appeared. So they believe that if that happened, if she got pregnant six months before Mary, then obviously the baby was born six months before Mary gave birth. Or six months and one day. Well, you know, sure. <laughs> I was reading up on uh, that date, though, and it's funny you mention it uh, in relation to Christmas, uh, because there actually is a different legend uh, about the the date of this feast day. Uh, So in the early church, uh, or at least in some parts of it, there was also a tradition that St. John the Evangelist died on June 24th. And with most of the saints, we celebrate them uh, on the date of their death or as close as we can manage. Uh And so there was this kind of fight uh, between uh, John the Baptist, who was celebrate, we were celebrating his birth, and John the Evangelist, where we were celebrating his death. And so this tradition goes that there was a formal debate that was scheduled among some unspecified people, which, uh, you know confirms sort of the apocryphal nature of this story. There was going to be a debate about who was going to get this feast day. And before the debate started, uh, a vision occurred with John the Baptist and John the Evangelist appearing from heaven and saying, hey guys, we're friends, let's not fight about this. 
And as a result, John the Evangelist's feast day was moved to three days after Christmas. Dang. Yeah. How come I don't ever have visions like that? (laughs) (laughs) Of course, I'm never, you know, in charge of anything important. Maybe if I were. Well, I don't know. We've got, you know, you're an alternate deputy to general convention. So if you can manage your way to be on the floor when we start voting about these new commemorations, maybe maybe somebody will appear to you. I I can only hope. (laughs) So the prayer. Obviously, I am unable to read it, but... What do you think about this first little bit? The, the, um, what's that called? Uh, the, <laughs> at, no, gosh. <laughs> Hang on, let me just get my hatchet. I'm, my brain is totally fried right now. Mine is too. Oh, well, in flipping, I'm, I'm sorry, I just have to stop for a second. In flipping through my hatchet, I just came across a word that I've never seen before. Yeah? Um, it's obsecration. Ew. So I what does it mean? Um, You're like, I don't know. Well, here, let me just read you this sentence. And let's see if we can figure <laughs> it out from context. Because um, this sentence is amazing. The obsecrations were essentially the fuller form of Luther's litany, though the circumcision found in the Serum litany, uh, but not in Luther's, is included. <laughs> yep. I... <laughs> That that sentence means zero things to me. Zero. <laughs> and I think I think we're talking about the invocation. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, whoa. <laughs> okay. So, what do we think about the invocation? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, all right. This is why I, I think that this prayer. Part of why I think this prayer is pretty great. It's Almighty God by whose providence your servant John the Baptist was wonderfully born. Um, This is a really nice reference to John the Evangelist's introduction of John the Baptist in the first chapter of his gospel. So we're in John 1, 6 here, and it goes, There was a man sent from God whose name was John. So this phrase, by whose providence your servant was wonderfully born, uh, refers back to John's assertion that John mm-hmm. the Baptist was sent from God, um, and also refers to the the uh, story in, is it Luke? It is Luke. About Elizabeth having John born in old age. Right. And in fact, Luke is the only one of the Gospels that tells this story. The others reference John the Baptist multiple times, but Luke is the only one that tells how he was born. Can I just speculate about something here? Please do. I, I have done no research on this, but I, it was, I was just thinking about John's birth today and this miraculous account. Uh-huh. Um, so John was born to Elizabeth, who was past childbearing age. Sure. Uh, so who else does that recall in scripture? Abraham and Sarah. Right. And so who is born to Sarah then? Isaac. And what's like one of the biggest stories of Isaac? His dad was going to kill him? Yeah. So I was just wondering about this because now Isaac obviously is ultimately spared. Um, John the Baptist is not. And I don't know if there's any tie here between Isaac and John, but there's certainly some commonalities in their stories. And so I don't know if Luke includes the story just to emphasize 
kind of John's special nature, or if there is an explicit reference to Isaac here. And I'd love to know from our listeners uh, who might know more about this than I do, if I'm just down a blind alley here, or if there's something to this. It does appear that Elizabeth must have been the first woman in history to receive an epidural as the child was wonderfully born. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was a much later invention, but apparently not. So then we go on to to pray. This is where I start to get a teeny bit uncomfortable. We're praying that we can, we'll follow John the Baptist's teaching and his life. John the Baptist had a, an interesting life. Yeah. He was what they call an ascetic. He lived out in the middle of nowhere, eating locusts and honey. Most accounts of him, it he reminds me quite a bit of um, that dude on your college campus with a megaphone that screams that you're all going to hell. Oh, yeah, that guy. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Every college campus has that dude, right? Yep, it was Pastor Dan when I was at mm. IU. Yeah, I think we've talked about this before. Have we? I don't know, maybe not on the podcast, but I, I swear I remember Pastor Dan for some reason. Yeah, I, I had a uh, friend who rode her bicycle um, past him one day naked <laughs> um, to see what would happen. And, you know, I don't know, he he was already, he was always at kind of 11 out of 10 when it came to fire and brimstone, so I'm not sure it got much of a reaction. Sure, right. I get a little bit... Um nervous when I'm I'm asking to pray to be more like John because he doesn't seem like an entirely um likable human being. Yeah, I that's that's true and that's why there's a priest I know who pointed out to me that John the Baptist is one of the biblical figures who has really successfully um avoided uh commercialization. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's got to be something compelling about him because he was drawing crowds to the Jordan River to be baptized. Clearly, there was some kind of magnetism in his message. You know, what this prayer is asking for is that truly repent and constantly speak the truth. John is calling people to repentance. And, you know, that's, that may be uncomfortable, but I think also in our heart of hearts, we know that we don't measure up. And so there's, I don't know, an attractiveness to John's truth, even if it's a hard one. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely hear that. But John was, like, didn't appear to be much for, like, etiquette. I no, don't know. definitely not. He didn't have any use for things of the world. Yeah. That maybe my discomfort with John the Baptist stems from that, because, look, I'm not going to lie to you people. I really like stuff in the world. <laughs> I mean, I can name off like 10 things in the world I love right now. And John was like, I'll just have some locusts and wild honey and yeah. some flip-flops, please. Right. No doubt. It does say he um, he wore a leather belt, though, so at least he was kind of styling a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. In the prayer, the things that we talk about, you know, speaking the truth, boldly rebuking vice, which is an awesome phrase, and patiently suffering. I mean, it's hard not to agree with that. So maybe you're right. Maybe there is something about this guy that I should uh, give him a second chance. Yeah. You know, it's not like any of this is easy. 
you know, True. The, the other time we find ourselves talking about John the Baptist is in Advent, when we're simultaneously preparing ourselves for Christmas and preparing ourselves for the second coming. Um, so, you know, John comes to us at the uncomfortable times of the year. You think Christmas is uncomfortable? No, I, but Advent can be. Ah, uh, yeah. If you're not, if you're not a big fan of the waiting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as long as I have my cell phone and it's fully charged up, I can wait as long as you want. Yeah, right. <laughs> 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 I'm just going to sit here and play threes. Exactly. <laughs> So I think there are a couple of interesting things about John that make him pretty compelling. So John is, you know, the prophet who is proclaiming uh, that Jesus is coming, like, right quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Christian teaching is that all of the prophets are ultimately pointing to Jesus, but only two of them actually get to meet him, John the Baptist and Mary. There's something really special uh, about the two of them who are who are proclaiming something uh, in John's case uh, make a straight path in the wilderness in Mary's case my soul magnifies the Lord uh, and then they get to see the fulfillment of what it is that they're proclaiming God made man coming to earth and John and Mary are very different people um, and play very different roles in this story but I just think that that's pretty cool you know Isaiah yeah, didn't get cool. to see all this stuff. One little aside that might be applicable, since we're talking about John the Baptist, to our uh, upcoming general convention. John the Baptist plays a very important role in the Mormon church as well. Did you know that? I did not know that. Tell me more. Yeah, so John the Baptist is the person in in uh, the Mormon church, or LDS. John the Baptist is the one who appeared in Pennsylvania to Joseph Smith and ordained him into the priesthood. Wow. Yeah. They believe that he was sent to uh, prepare the way for the Lord and and in that role uh, he was sent to Joseph Smith to prepare that ministry. Hmm. That's fascinating. Yeah. I wonder if there's any I mean obviously the calendar works as well but i wonder if there was any thought given to that when when the folks were planning the liturgy for salt lake city well um you know during our general convention special episodes uh we're hoping to be able to talk to some of the liturgical consultants for the convention so uh, we'll have to ask them that question all right yeah i hope we get to get a chance to talk to those guys did you also know that john the baptist is uh, indirectly responsible for one of the most popular songs in The Sound of Music. Was he 16 going on 17? No, he, he's got, we can give him credit for Doe, a deer, a female deer. Um, Ray, a drop of answer. Okay. How? How so? <laughs> <laughs> so, in the year 770, Paul the Deacon was supposed to sing the exultet at the Easter Vigil. Mm-hmm. And the legend goes that he had a, um, a really bad cold and his throat was so constricted that he couldn't sing it. And yeah. so he composed a hymn asking for John the Baptist to intercede. And it translates roughly 
uh, that with untroubled voice your servants may sing the wonders of your deeds, cleanse the sins of our unclean lips, O holy John. The setting of this chant has a slowly rising pitch that uh-huh. Guido d'Arezzo in the 11th century picked up on and so when he was uh, setting up notations for the diatonic scale uh, he used the first syllable of each line of that hymn And so originally it was ut, re, mi, fa, so, la, sa. Uh, but huh. over time, ut became do, uh, and sa became ti. Anyway, so it was a devotional hymn to John the Baptist uh, that was the origin of, wow. the, uh, of the do, re, mi scale. If you are looking for random facts about people from the Bible, you are listening to the right podcast, people. <laughs> <laughs> That is awesome. Yeah. So I owe this, um, by the way, I've got to give credit uh, to Father John Julian of the Order of Julian of Norwich. I found uh, that exciting fact uh, in his book, Stars in the Dark World. But uh, we'll also post a link to uh, some YouTube clips of, the, uh, of this chant uh, so you can hear it for yourself. Um, I actually don't have that well-trained in ear, so this... Thing that Guido D'Arezzo is picking up on is a bit hard for me to hear, uh, but I'm sure our more musically inclined uh, get, uh, listeners will have a, you know, more inspiring They'll experience. They'll just pick right up on it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm uh, basically completely tone deaf, which I know is shocking to those of you who have heard me sing, but um, I would never, ever be able to pick it up. Right, right. Well, if you enjoy this podcast, uh, please share it with a friend and leave us a review on iTunes uh, to tell others what you think about it, as long as you think nice things about us. Um, (laughs) It'll really help uh, people find this show. And you might also enjoy some of the other shows in the Via Media Collective. The Via Media Collective is a network of podcasts with an Anglican sensibility. Easter People, one of our sister shows, just uh, released their final regularly scheduled episode, uh, which we are super sad about because uh, Easter People actually inspired this podcast. Um, Unfortunately, we're not really doing them any justice. Uh, but, <laughs> but they are promising to release uh, new episodes as they have time in the future, so you should definitely listen to the archives and add them to your iTunes uh, podcast feed. Uh, and also check out Padre's Pods, a show about life and faith featuring the worst priest ever and his friends. You can find out more about the Via Media Collective at viamediacollective.org or on Twitter at VM Collective. Does that mean it's time, speaking of Twitter, for the Twitter challenge? It is. Would you like to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Uh, mine is poetic. Aw. Jay the Bee brought us Do Re Mi. Hooray! Hashtag Nativity of JBAP. <laughs> that was great. I loved it. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. 
Okay, here's mine. I mean, John the Baptist is cool and all, but he's nothing to lose your head over. <laughs> Hashtag rimshod. <laughs> Hashtag J the B. <laughs> oh, boy. I, 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 I certainly hope that you do not have a vision of John the Baptist, because I don't think he's going to be happy. No, I don't think so either. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you would like to tweet us your uh, best John the Baptist joke or um, something inspiring that might be uplifting and spiritual, <laughs> you can find us at um, at the Collect Call on Twitter, or you can email us the Collect Call at axatemoment.org, or you can find our collection of honey scent honey scented no yes honey scented perfume. <laughs> I almost said honey flavored, and then I was like, no, that's not it. No, um, Honey scented perfume at Pinterest.com slash the call at call. Our parents' organization is the Acts 8 Moment, which you can find on the web at acts8moments.org, on Facebook at facebook.com slash acts 8 moment, and on Twitter at acts 8 moment. And uh, we'd really encourage you in the run-up to General Convention to follow um, Acts 8 in one of these ways. Uh, we're going to be doing a ton of reporting uh, on the various goings-on, uh, both through uh, you know audio channels like this, as well as through the various uh, social media outlets we have. So uh, please check it out and uh, interact with us there. And if you happen to be in Salt Lake City for General Convention, the Acts 8 Moment is uh, sponsoring or hosting a prayer event on uh, Thursday, June 25th at 9.15 p.m. And you can find all the details about that on uh, the Acts 8 Moment's Facebook page. Our music is Let All Mortal Flesh Keep Silence by Aaron DeVries, distributed under a Creative Commons license. Find more of Aaron's music at badgerland.bandcamp.com. And join us next week where we will be talking about the collect for the church. Yep. But wait. Yeah. There's more. (laughs) Are we ready? I don't know. I got really excited there and then I was like nervous. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little nervous too because this has the ability to crash and burn um, more spectacularly than anything we have ever done. And that is saying something. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, as a, um, well, first of all, you may have noticed that we have been promoing, we're going to be dropping daily podcasts from General Convention 78. Um, that yeah. is pretty crazy. <laughs> Yeah, and we're going to be talking to all kinds of people. So uh, we've already got uh, some interviews with the Society of St. John the Evangelist. Uh, We're going to be talking to the chaplain, to the House of Deputies, um, and uh, a whole host of other interesting characters. And by the way, if any of you can help get us to the custodian of the Standard Book of Common Prayer, uh, we will give you a mystery prize. Yes, and it will be mysterious and prize-worthy. Yes, Uh, But in the midst of all this, um, the Call It Call will be having our very first live show at General Convention. That's right. So mark your calendars, people. Sunday, June 28th, we're going to be at the uh, Salt Lake City Hilton at 7 p.m. And this show is going to be featuring our friends from Easter People, uh, some of whom will be uh, attending General Convention in person, uh, and we'll also be um, Skyping in uh, Sean Maloney from Padres Pods. Yes, it is going to be so much fun. Uh, And 
there's audience participation, so please come. If you're not going to general convention, tell your friends who are. And uh, Brendan has somehow committed us to giving away prizes of some sort. <laughs> yes, there will be prizes. It's going to be like an Episcopal Price is Right or Yes. Or I something. call Plinko. I call Plinko. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, we really, really hope to see you there. Um, it's going to be a great time. So uh, June 28th at the Salt Lake City Hilton at 7 o'clock. Yes, and uh, continue to follow our uh, Twitter feed to find out more details about the, the actual room we'll be in and all that good stuff. Yep. All right. See you next week. See you. Let all mortal flesh keep silence And with fear and trembling stand Ponder nothing earthly minded For with blessing in his hand Christ our God to earth descended Our full homage to